0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brighting and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347 215 9442. That number again is 347 215 9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this July 8th edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. Jeremy Dunn, my co host, with me this evening. Happy Sunday.
1: Happy Sunday.
2: Yeah, right?
1: We we (laughs) have have a. I know. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Oh,
2: uh, so it's ha- been a long week. <laughs> yeah, so I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. We have an exciting show. Um, uh, we do a
1: bit, We'll exciting
2: uh, Yeah, exciting guests. We'll be speaking with Timothy Brown, um, a.k.a. the Berlin patient. I wonder if he likes being called that. Uh, that's something I have to ask him. I think that would be kind of annoying to me. Like, my name is Timothy Brown. I want to be called that. That's what I would think.
1: I, I would think so, too. But,
2: yeah, you know, um,
1: this is going to be one of those discussions where um, – he he is going to be a guinea pig the rest of his life, and that's a shame. It it, it really is. Yeah, it really is a shame because it's it 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 is just what 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 is the what am I trying to say? Um, I don't even remember what I was trying to say. <laughs>
2: But, no, it'll be a great discussion once he comes on in, you know, we'll be taking calls and, and you can tweet us your questions at um, you know, throughout the show, and we'll ask some of them on air. Um, so, it, it, it's just, it's a really, you know, healthy discussion that needs to be had. You know, is there a chance for a cure in our lifetime? This is something that people thought we would never see. So, it's, you right. know, it's kind of weird, you know, they use the word cure, so it's kind of, I don't know if that's the correct word or how it works, but... We'll discuss that once he comes on, but I want to talk about some things going on, like um, the Hashtag HIV project that we are involved with, and I want to get some people involved. You know, here, uh, Jeremy and I here at the radio show, we uh, uh, partnered with Hashtag HIV, which is um, basically a a group of activists who have put um, basically a campaign together to get HIV to trend on Twitter, the Hashtag HIV, and what we're doing now is we're actually hosting a photo challenge. Last week we did... Uh, last month, we did the Red Ribbon Challenge, and Maria Vahil won. Uh, she was the co-host last week. Um, and this week, we're doing one with the hashtag HIV uh, tweeter on board um, logo. So if you uh, want to find out more about the contest, what you have to do is just take a photo with our logo. Uh, you can find that at Facebook uh, backslash hashtag HIV. Um, all the information, rules, and uh, the prize and everything like that, we're actually giving away a scholarship to um, the Positive Living Conference that takes place in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, every March. It's an amazing conference. Jeremy and I actually met for the first time last year at it, and it's like one of those this conferences year. that yeah yeah it well, was this funny. year that
1: we met yeah right I, I meant the met last
2: yeah last <laughs> but it's
1: an amazing experience
2: and it's definitely worth submitting a photo for,
1: don't you think? Oh, absolutely, and because you know, not only are you in beautiful Fort Manor, that's not right fort wilton Fort Walton, oh, Walton. Beach. I'm thinking Wilton manor, which is further down south on, in Florida. but um but uh uh, uh it, it's, a, it's a, just a lovely location the um the facilities are are fantastic, and it, it, the people i think is what really makes it you know yeah, it, totally it, it, it's the people, yeah it's the people. I'm a people person anyway.
2: Yeah, it's so the people from AIDS Oasis who put it together. The people actually come. I mean, because this conference is, um, as far as I know, the biggest one in the country for people living with HIV that happens every year and it's been going on. I mean, ne- this next year, 2013, will be 16 years. And Butch McKay does this with his fabulous staff down there at AIDS Oasis. And last year, there was over 400 people. And I want to say probably about 97% of those people are people living with HIV or AIDS. So, it's amazing. It's an amazing conference to make connections and meet other people and get a lot of hope.
1: I've yeah.
2: met a lot of friends and, and I you know I have lifelong friendships from people that
1: I've met there. And you know, I met so many wonder great great folks and it's just so nice to be able to collaborate um, mm-hmm. with different with with folks, you know, across the country. And how many states were represented? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. No, I don't. But there's a lot. There's a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were a bunch. And it's my uh, favorite I, mean, conference. Had, I I really enjoyed it, and it, I, I'm just thrilled and very excited that Butch McKay uh, with um, Age Oasis is, is is putting up a scholarship for, for the next year. I think that's great.
2: Yeah, so you can find all the rules by going to um, Facebook backslash hashtag HIV. You can print out the sign, take a photo, it's definitely worth it, um, and it's fun, and we're actually going to announce the winner um, during the International AIDS Conference, so um, that should be very interesting as well. So definitely stay tuned for more information on that. Go and print out the page. It takes seconds to print it out, and do something artistic. Um, we have a few submissions, but we definitely want to get a whole bunch in, and it, it, it's, a, it's a great conference to attend, so send that in. It's an awesome work, and tweet. If you're tweeting on on, on Twitter, <laughs> if you're tweeting on Twitter, I use the hashtag HIV when you're talking about things related to HIV. I think it's important, and that will help us really, um, you know, get to the goal of hashtag HIV, which is to make um, hashtag HIV trend for the first time ever. So that's, you know, what the goal is, and that's why we, you know, put our heads together to, to make this happen, hopefully.
1: Yeah, we want it to trend. We want people to talk about it. We want we the the conversation has to be picked up again, and, and it's so important. And. and and, and when we talk to our guest tonight, um, you're going to realize why that conversation is so, so very important because, um, quite honestly, what he went through is uh, not feasible for the average, everyday HIV patient. Right. Oh, wait a minute I have a, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Hold on one second. I have a caller. I want oh. to see if this is, uh,
1: hi, area code 850.
2: Who's this?
1: Hi guys, it's Butch. I was just gonna answer you your question. I it was twenty two it was twenty two states. And the Caribbean yeah, and the Caribbean. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's an incredible conference and I'm so excited and, and blessed that you, you know, were able to help put that scholarship together to offer it to somebody who may not be able to afford to come.
1: Uh, I was happy to. But go on to your speaker now, and that's about oh, me and the conference. Thanks,
2: <laughs> thanks for calling in. <laughs> Awesome. But, um, you know, and speaking of the conversation, you know, for a while, people haven't been talking about HIV. And I think with our guest, Timothy Brown, with his – the announcement of him being cured is really sparking the conversation again. And I think people are starting to talk about it
1: because, yeah, because there's this buzz going around. Well, the, the, it's it's not just the buzz that's going around, but what he the, what he proved is – um, that w- there's so much more work to be done to a cure, and uh, yeah. I-, I think this puts us on the right path to uh, you know to more study, more more research, because that's exactly what's going to happen, and and um, that's what's going to happen going forward. You know,
2: Tim- Timothy
1: Brown is just the beginning; he's the tip of the iceberg. So if we can harness whatever the scientists did, the doctors did there, you know, where he, you know, because he had he had a, a, a leukemia, I believe. So, and we'll we'll let Timothy talk about all that, but it's it's kind of promising to to think that you know stem cells could possibly be a cure for HIV. It, it could it could be there, right. You know, so I mean, it's I'm I'm excited about all of that, and uh, I'm excited that. Um, well, first of all, I'm very excited to be talking with Timothy Brown. I mean, he's probably one of the most famous individuals on the planet right now. <laughs> exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. Totally. And and it's just thrilling to. Um, to be a part of this conversation at such a crucial time. I'm so I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking with him tonight.
2: You know, another thing that I, I kind of wanted to talk about, and it kind of gets back to the conversation, um, you know, starting the conversation around HIV and AIDS. And I remember when we started the show, you know, almost four years ago, one of the things that I used to say all the time was that I never saw films or people living with HIV who survived or who lived. You know what I mean? It was always somebody who died, and... Yep. Or, or or you wouldn't find something about HIV or AIDS actually on television, like a real story of people. And I have to say, over the last year, there's been a lot of amazing documentaries, like We Were Here, um, the one that's coming out now, what is it, um, The South or something? I forget what it. I forget. It's something the,
1: the South, I think, the Southern. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them. That's, there's another one that's coming out called Endgame, I think is what it is. Hmm. Something like that. Well, um, but my point but, is, is
2: that the conversation is happening, and these and people are, are making these documentaries and sharing their story. And I'm just so happy that this is happening because the people now who are newly diagnosed and, and, and you know, looking for answers are able to, to possibly find these things either at a support group. Like, we watch them in our support group. So, for me, I think it's awesome that these no, people these, are spending years on documentaries and all their money, all their money. All their money on on putting a documentary together to share a story about how bad the HIV is in the South, or or what it was like for those long term survivors who now, you know, are dealing with not having all their friends, you know, and the change of everything. So it's, I just think it's awesome that this is happening and and we're seeing it because we weren't seeing it years ago. Right. Right.
1: I mean, it's there. There's so much promise now. Not that the you know, I mean, I think this could be the turning point when nineteen ninety six when the um combination therapies came and, you know, uh were were first introduced. And I think that this type of research, you know, it, it see you know, it took what was it, fifteen years to get to a point where there was um these antivirals that that helped uh uh combat the disease and the virus. And um, and I believe, I believe our guest is here. So let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Timothy Brown. Timothy, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I'm Jeremy. I don't think How's you and I have you? talked yet.
2: No. How are you
1: doing? Do, I, you know what? I am just swell, actually. Good, good. I'm, I'm sweltering in this. Southern heat, but you know, <laughs> it's what happens. It's foggy and cold here. Yeah. Where are you at? Huh? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. I would rather be there. It was 104 today. Yeah. Timothy. Yeah. Yeah. 104. I bet it was impossible. Yeah. Crazy.
2: <laughs> so, Timothy, this is Robert. I want to thank thank you for coming Hi, on. Hi, Robert. And- and, and talking welcome. with us, um, it's been great getting to, you know, chat with you here and there uh, before the interview lined up. And um, I, I'm actually kind of mad that I missed your speak here in Philadelphia. Um, I was really upset about that. I wasn't able to get down there uh, that early, so um, unfortunately I had to miss it. But are you going to be at the International AIDS Conference? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so hopefully I'll be able to uh, to meet up with you and at least say hello there.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I w- yeah, we well,
2: would love that. So, so yeah, I would um, love to meet you in person. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that we got
2: that so, out of the way. So, Timothy, I want to, um, you know, because usually what we do when people come on, they talk about, you know, their the experience in life with HIV, and, and you're no different, you know what I mean? Uh, you right. were once HIV positive or, or yeah. HIV. So I, the question I have for you is when you were diagnosed in 95, um, what was that? how was that like for you? What was that experience? Like I was that you expected, Like, why'd you get tested? I was scared to death, and I got tested because um, a friend of mine
0: with whom I had sexual contact um, and not exactly safe, uh, I had tested positive, and uh, so okay. uh, he suggested that I go in and get tested, and I did, and it turned out positive.
2: And when the doctor told you, what was what was your thought? Um, I was scared to death.
0: Because at the um, time
2: when 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 you tested positive, you were already dealing with leukemia, correct?
0: No, um, I didn't have leukemia what? yet. Um, I uh, it was my first um, first with death, um, and uh, I I was scared to take the medication because there was only ACP at the time, and. Uh, um, I had heard that a lot of people had died from from actually from taking the medication, and so um, I didn't want to have to take that, so I was scared.
1: It must have been terrifying, yeah, it was wow, so you uh well, let's just jump into the meat of all of this,
0: okay, okay.
1: okay. Um, <clears throat> You came down with leukemia. Can you tell us about that? Um, I um, in
0: 1996 there was um, uh, the combination treatments came out, so I was able to take those. And um, the first combination treatment that I had um, had retrovir in it, which contained ACT, and um, I had been tested for. or, uh possible um like possibly not um, responding to the ACT and um they said I was okay with, with that and um so I ended up taking taking several different combinations um for a while and um and uh, was doing fine with those and then I took a trip to <coughs> to New York to go to a wedding and um I was kind of exhausted the whole time I was there and uh, I thought it was because of jet lag and uh um uh, cause I was traveled from Berlin because that was where I was living and uh um and also um uh the person I was staying with would stay up all, all night and chat online. And, and uh the computer was right next to where I was sleeping and uh so I didn't sleep very well and uh and then I went back to Berlin and um I wrote I used to ride my bike to work, um, which was about um eight miles um to get there and back and um, on the way um to work I was much slower than usual. Um and, uh, I, my boss was upset with me, and, uh, gave me a warning, and, uh, then during the lunch, my lunch break, I rode my bike to, um, to a restaurant, um, nearby, about, um, half mile away, and, um, halfway through, I had to get off my bike and walk with my bike, and, uh, and then I called my partner, um, who uh, said he would get, get me an appointment at a doctor. Either my doctor, um, who actually was busy and uh, didn't have any appointments for the next day, and so he got me an appointment with his doctor. He he has H H E V Hiv and uh, um uh, so uh, my partner my partner at that time that has HIV, and, um, so I went to a different HIV doctor than I I had gone to before, and, um, and, uh, he did a blood test on me, and my red blood cell count was way down, and, um, I had anemia, and, um, so he gave me transfusions, um, like, uh, about two a day for about a week, and um, my uh, red blood cell count would go up and then drop again. And um, so he finally sent me to an oncologist. So I went to the oncologist, and uh, he first said that his gut feeling told him that I didn't have anything serious, um, like leukemia or lymphoma or any other blood disease. Uh, But then he did a... um, a bone marrow boss and and uh, on a Friday, and um, told me I would get the results on Monday. And so I went in the, there on that Monday, and uh, um, he he said he had bad news for me um, that I had leukemia, acute myeloid leukemia,
1: um, AML, and. Uh, that hit me like a brick. And that's a um, fairly aggressive form of leukemia, right? Yeah. Right, it is. Um and uh
0: because uh because my um blood was pretty much taken over by the leukemic cells, um, it was necessary to start treatment immediately. And so I went to um he called the hospital before, um and uh I had been afraid of stigma because of uh, because I had HEV and um uh I said I want a hospital that would be able to deal with a person who was H E V positive. And um so he called the hospital and got Dr. Luter on the phone and um uh he explained the situation and Doctor Luter said send him in. Um so I went out to the car where my boyfriend was waiting and, um, um, told him what was ha- happening and told him that I had to go to the hospital the next day. And, wow. uh, um, he, I, I wasn't really emotional because I'm not a very emotional person, um, but he cried and cried and cried and, uh, he, um, called his sister and um, broke down on the phone and uh, explained the situation to her. Um, She's a nurse, and um, uh, so um, she became very involved. Um, So I went to the hospital the next day and um, started chemo treatment um, on that day. So I found out on one day that I had AML, and the next day I was, was getting chemo treatment. So what was your and, prognosis at that point? Um at that point, uh well I was told by my oncol- the oncologist that I'd gone to um that um I basically assumed that um it would be several rounds of chemo and uh and then it would be over um the treatment and um so I started the first one, did okay the first during the first one, um during the second one I got uh, a fungal infection uh fungal lung infection, um, like a fungal pneumonia. And um so that didn't go that well. Um and then during the third one um my temperature went way up and uh I got uh um, oh, and my blood pressure dropped down to a dangerous level. And so they sent me to the emergency ward. Um, wow. So so yeah. really
1: you were in bad shape.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and the emergency ward, um the the doctor there said, um, I could put you into an induced coma and um that would um take care of the uh suffering that you're going through now because I was breathing very heavily and um and um Not doing very well. Um, And uh, I finally said, well, at first I said no, and then after a few minutes I said, yeah, go ahead and do it. And so he put me into an induced coma, and um, I woke up and I thought that um, I saw this man, and uh, this was like um, about 24 hours later, I saw this man and I thought he was the groomer. Oh,
1: no. Yeah and who was um,
0: it? It was a doctor and actually it was okay. very nice. Yeah.
1: Um
0: Good. so um and I think when I woke up um my my boyfriend and his daughter were there. Um he has two daughters and um uh, one of uh, one of them actually lived in the same building that we did um and uh so they were there and um they said that um that I was unresponsive to Alzheimer's in the coma um and uh it was scary for them and uh, they had no idea if I'd survive that because wow. the doctors wow. said the doctors said that um some people survive this um the substance infection, and some people don't mm. um so uh, I pulled out of it um. And I looked it up on the Internet later, and uh, it said that there, um, uh, there's about a 25% mortality rate for per, um, per substance infections. So
1: yeah, I, was, I've had it. I I, I yeah. know what you went through there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you get put into a douche coma at all?
1: No, no, uh-uh. no, They caught me just in time.
0: Good, good, good.
1: Yep. Lots of antibiotics, though right yeah yeah um so uh that was during my third
0: round of treatments and I'd only gotten about halfway through it and um so uh the doctors were discussing what I sh- what I should do next um in the meantime um between I think between the second and the third rounds of chemo um each round took about a week and then they'd send me home and um I would stay home and um rest up and uh between the second and the third round of chemo um chemo they took blood for a possible stem cell transplant wow. and i didn't I didn't really un- understand why they wanted to do do stem t- a stem cell transplant because my leukemia was in remission um yep. and and uh I didn't think it would be necessary. Um anyway um they sent it off to the uh the German Red Cross and uh um they found that they had 262 possible matches uh, which wow. is a, a very high number for um for such things for um stem cell transplants because they have to match um very specific parts of the blood yeah, right. Match up with the um with the patient's blood. And uh so anyway, um Dr. Uter said that um his group were was going to uh um test uh test the um the donor's blood to see if they could find a donor who was um C C R five negative. Um
1: And explain to yeah explain explain to us what that means. Okay, um, CCR5
0: is a protein which sits on the CD4 cells, the T cells, and uh, um, it acts as a doorway for the HIV virus to infect the CD4 cell. And once it's able to get into um, a CD4 cell. it can replicate and uh, basically causing HIV. And in the so, case of In the case so of I the was person, just
1: gonna, uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, I go don't ahead. Mean to cut you off. I was just going to explain to some of our listeners that okay. what the CCR5 is, is, it's kind of like a landing pad.
0: Right. Um,
1: uh, it's a landing pad for HIV. Um, and HIV has a couple of different receptors that it can that right. can get onto. So, yeah. so that's that's what that that's what all of that you know CCR5 and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so sorry.
0: And no, it's okay. And the um, the normal the the virus that most people have are um, it's called the tropic HIV one virus. And yeah. uh, um. And uh, that one actually uses the CCR5 um, receptor as a doorway in, to get into the cells. And uh, anyway, um, they, he asked the professor of the department um, if he could get funding to look for a, a donor who was um, CCR5 negative, And he found one after the 67th try. Um, no, well, your,
2: uh, Timothy? Was this your idea to look for that kind no. of donor, or, or the it doctor? It was his idea. It was his idea, Doctor Hooter. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. And uh, the weird thing is, is that he's an on- oncologist and didn't really have that much to do with HIV beforehand. <clears throat> and um, because um, since um, a an oncologist discovered. Um, something that could probably lead to curing HEV for um, many people, um, for hopefully the whole world, um, which can give a lot of people hope um, that there there can be a cure for HEV. It's kind of weird to have an oncologist who is not really involved in, wasn't really involved in HEV treatment beforehand to find find this to um actually um, there were, had had been he had the idea because um he knew that he had read that um that um having the lack of the c c r five um in um, in four cells could actually um make um a person basically immune to the the HIV
1: one virus now um, that doesn't no So it, it, now when you say immune to the HIV one virus, um, you're still susceptible to HIV two, which is prominent in, uh, Africa, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, okay.
0: exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I, I still have to be very careful about the, um,
0: the, that, that virus. Um, the um, they're calling it the X4 virus. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not completely immune. I still have to be careful.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, so. Um, we are at the just one second. We're actually at the bottom of the hour. We're talking with Timothy Brown, um, AKA, and you're probably going to hate. You probably hate being called the Berlin patient but that's what okay. we all knew you as yeah, uh, before yeah. they released, you know, the Berlin patient. Right. Um, Timothy, you are probably one of the most famous men on the planet right yeah. now. Yeah, true. Uh, mm-hmm. How how do you feel about that?
0: Um, it's exciting, and I, I'm hoping that um, I I'm trying to give people I'm traveling around the world I'm um, trying to give people hope and trying to um get more funding for an HIV a cure for HIV. Um and uh there are a lot of promising um uh things out there. Um like uh this company Sangable um has um produced a thing called the um sink finger nucleus um and they they can take out they can take out uh they collect millions of um c d four cells and okay. then and then um can take out the the uh c c 5 out of out of those cells right um unfortunately um in doing so they have to introduce a virus um which um i don't think it's caused any problems um for anyone yet but um there is a possibility of that so wow. um yeah um jay levy who um was one of the co um original discoverers of HEV as the cause for aids um his group is working on a um a system that basically does the same thing without introducing a virus. Wow. Um and he's he sent um his work off to the NIH, the National
1: Institute of Health,
0: um, and uh was told at first that um they it wasn't something that could be applied to um applied to uh um, the de- developing world, because um, they want something that um, can um, be just a pill that some people have to take, and um, they can that they can um, get rid of HIV that, HIV that way.
2: All right. Um, so, I, I have a question for you, yeah. Um So, before you um, were told, first of all, what was it like when the doctor told you that? that you were cured that you had no HIV inside you. What was that feeling like? What was what was in your head? I thought it was pretty amazing, but
0: I don't think I really believed it at first. Um uh, I didn't really believe it until um until the um Dr Hutter Hooter's group presented a paper to the New England General of Medicine and they rejected it first at first. And um, and then they finally did accept it, and um, uh, I I don't think that I really believed it until they published it.
2: Okay, so now so now I'm saying I, I'm assuming with your your how long was the between your diagnosis of HIV and leukemia? How many was that like a couple years or was that close? It was ninety
0: five until um I got the leukemia I found out that I had leukemia in two thousand six. So,
2: okay, it, so was it was eleven,
0: good,
2: so 11 in that years. Time you were not you were not vocal about living with HIV. You weren't an activist before, right? Um
0: I had been an active activist before I had H E V 'cause 'cause okay, I Okay, so in you act, were involved? Yeah, I was in active Seattle. Okay, so that's
2: okay, from. so that that's that's good. I didn't know that. Because I was going to say, if you weren't and and you're now going around and and actually being a face, because so many people who could be in your situation could totally just be like, you know what, this isn't my problem anymore and just crawl under the rock and, you know, and and hide. And I think for you to go out and and speak about it and share your story on the show like you are tonight, I think it's commendable and I think, you know, it's a really great thing that you're doing to really offer people hope. I do have some questions coming in um, via Twitter. Um, I have one coming here from at Ryan Knows Best, and he asks, he would love to know, in the grand scheme of things, was it worth it? Um, And why change destiny, or why would you play God? Like, would you consider it playing God, changing Um, it?
0: I don't really want to play God. I just want to give people that have HEV hope and i want um I want there to be more research into um cure a cure for HIV, and i want um the um the powers of the be to um provide more money for that because there are a lot of um very talented researchers that are interested in looking for a cure and um and that are actually working on on it um, but there is a huge funding problem. Um, uh, Kate Kraus, who lives in Philadelphia, um, um, she is basically that head of um, an organization called AIDS Policy Project. Um, mm-hmm. she, um, her organization found out that the NIH only spends 3% of their total budget for HIV on I finding a cure.
2: And that's got to change. So you're you're technically they coined you the Berlin patient, but you're not actually from Berlin. Where are you originally from? I'm from Seattle, Washington. Okay, see that's something. Yeah, the home of Starbucks.
0: <laughs> um, I think I I'm the Berlin patient because um, I was cured in Berlin. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that was another question that they had coming. Right. On. Yeah. Okay. Um. I actually at first I just kind of um wanted to recover from everything I've been through, um and because uh, it wasn't easy. Um I almost died several times. And um actually um after the first transplant I did very well. Um I after about three months after the transplant I didn't have HIV anymore and I didn't have to take any medication. Um or medication for a, against HCV um and uh i start i was started going i went back to work and started going to started going back to the gym and working out and uh and uh um with HCV um i um had the wasting syndrome and uh so um my body was wasn't in very good shape but after after I was cured, um my I gained muscles and weight and um muscle weight and um was doing very well. Unfortunately awesome. the, Yeah, unfortunately the leukemia came back. Um so oh. I had yeah, so I had to get a second transplant. Um Oof. and uh um that meant um more chemo treatment and more uh, I had to get um for both parents i get had to get full body radiation through therapy and um just once for e- each time and uh oh, wow. um after the second time i didn't did didn't do as well um i uh i became incontinent um and i couldn't I couldn't really respond. I couldn't move my body like I wanted to, um, so I couldn't clean myself up. And the nurses had so much to do that they didn't really clean me up as they should have um, because they couldn't. They didn't have the time.
1: And uh,
0: so my partner had to clean me up. Wow. And and so I'd lay in in my bed incapacitated, and um, I couldn't move. Um at one point uh I I ended up in a um center for people with extreme brain injuries, um, because I ended up with extre- <laughs> with one and um uh a physical physical therapist said told me to move my left leg and then move my right leg. So I I wasn't even coherent enough to um, be able to uh, know know the difference between left and right. Um, right. I finally got to the point where I could use a wheelchair, and um, and then I went from a wheelchair um, with the help of a phys- physical therapist. I went from the wheelchair to using a walker, and uh, then eventually graduated to where I could walk without a walker. So wow. um,
2: that's pretty incredible. Yeah. I just want to take, um, uh, Timothy, hold on one second. I just want to okay. take a quick um, little break and play, uh, okay. a little uh, commercial here. And when we come back, we're okay. going to open up the lines and allow people to call okay. in. So just give me one second. We'll be right back.
1: All right. Great. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looked
0: good and smelled good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not the blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body. I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater
2: than AIDS. And we are back, and we are speaking with Timothy <laughs> Brown. Timothy, are you back? Yes, I am. All right, I want to open up the phone lines. If you guys like to call in okay. and speak to Timothy or have a question, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press the one button so we know you want to come on and you're not listening. Uh, the phone lines are now open, or tweet us your questions at POSIM.
1: So, me be, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here, okay. Timothy. So I have... I'm just going to broach the subject. Okay. um, Because there's a lot of miscommunication. I I think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of misunderstanding, um, especially in the mainstream media and the medical reports. So, first things first, you are going to be, and I hate to say that, you know, use the phrase, but you're a lab rat. Yeah. Almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're just walking pincushion, and and so they've been doing, you know, they've been taking all kinds of biopsies and everything, uh, you know, from you. And, you know, I think it was a few weeks ago or some months ago, um, the report came out that they were finding uh, protein strains, uh, HIV protein strains, um, in some of your tissue. Yeah. Uh, And I I know that you're not a doctor or a scientist or anything like that, but, you know, you are, by all means, cured of HIV. Yes, I
0: am. Um, So I don't really have um, uh, a sterilizing cure. Um, HIV is not completely eradicated from my body because there is virus in me, but it's dead. It doesn't replicate. It doesn't go anywhere, um, and uh, I am cured. Uh, well, I, I think that's
1: fantastic. How did you feel? Was there any guilt when they said, um, "You know what? You you have you have um you're cured from HIV. There's no more. It's dead."
0: Um, I did have a little bit of. Little, a little bit of guilt and uh and uh because it's kind of hard to realize that there are thirty four million people in the world that have this disease and I'm the only one that's cured of it. And that's why I am that's why I'm an activist now. Um that because be- I I want everyone else to be cured.
1: Everyone else that that has be- the disease. Yeah, you've had a great deal of responsibility just thrust upon you almost overnight. Yes. How are you coping with all of that? Um.
0: Uh, it gave me a purpose in life. Um. Mm. I had. I had um, been studying and um, had studied a good part of my life, and uh, and I didn't know where I was going with that, and. Uh, Um, so, uh, this actually gave me a purpose in my life. Um, and, um, than that, I think that having, getting HIV in the first place was one of the best things that happened to me. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, um, that should encourage people to do things to get HIV, um, but, uh, um, it gave me the opportunity to, um, to speak out and try to um, prevent this disease or try to um, have people become
2: cured of it. Hmm. I have um, a Twitter question coming to us from KitKat Farmer, and she asks, Hmm? um, if the the virus is dead, does that mean that it cannot be passed on to anyone? That's true. Okay, and what about your leukemia? Is that in remission? She's... Um
0: that's in remission. Um and it's been um almost six years now and they say after five years, um if if leukemia's been in remission for that long, um there's almost no chance of it coming back. So I see. I'm very, uh, another I'm, very
2: like, I'm very lucky I'm very lucky to be cured of both the,
0: both diseases. Well,
2: well, I say that you definitely are here for a reason and then and you definitely should have found your purpose, I think, and I think that's awesome that, like I said, that you've taken this you know this on and this mission to do this a question coming from Ken in the chat room yeah. He asked how long has it been actually since your treatment
0: um,
2: my My first um stem cell
0: transplant was in two thousand six and uh that's tall or that's um, seven years now um. I am not doing my mouth correctly. Um so um I quit taking my H E V medication uh, um the day of my um transplant and haven't taken any since. And um the HEV um it it spiked it went up at first and then um, dropped down to nothing after three months. So um so in February of two thousand six, um so that so that'd be February, March, April. In April of 2006, after that, I didn't have have any t v in my body.
1: So about six wow. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm still what? stunned every. I'm stunned every time I hear it. You know, it's it's it, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. It is.
2: You know, science today has come so far. It's just like. I I'm not I'm not surprised to be honest that this is possible I and mean, this is why it's so important that we do these stem cell things you know what I mean these right. transplants and all these things because so many people are against doing stem cell research or anything like that and I think it's just a
1: little crazy um that can I just um, make one you this so, you? Yeah go ahead yeah I and just no wanted to make has- one quick announcement really yeah. quick. Okay. um if you are calling in, make sure that you press the number one to get into the host queue okay. and we'll bring you on air. Sorry
0: um these transplant out. um the people that um the people that um are the donors um are choosing to do it and it has nothing to do with fetuses or anything like that no one nothing has to die because of it. So um there's it, absolutely nothing that's reprehensible about it or anything. I okay. Yeah. Um and uh I'm actually for um for uh doing other kinds of stem cell treatments, um but that's
2: my personal opinion. What what has been the biggest challenge since being cured?
0: Um the biggest challenge is basically getting my body back in shape after after, after um, my my second transplant. Um, uh, it pretty um, much um, it was very bad for my body. Um,
2: I mean and that's then, painful, right? That's real. That's like crucial on your body when you're getting these transplants. It's not like something where they just knock you out and and you wake up, right? Um it's not actually it's
0: not a, an operation um
2: uh
0: basically it's like getting a blood transfusion um
2: okay they
0: yeah it's just a bag of stem cells and it drips into your body um i had um i had uh um for my chemo um they gave me a um they put tubes into my neck and um then they went down into my heart so um, I was getting the drops of chemo directly into my heart, and in order to, well, actually, it wasn't necessary for the, the, the transplant, but since it was there, they used it. Um, they they did the transplant that way too.
2: Awesome. Um, we have a, a question coming from the chat room here from Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 asked in hindsight. Would you go back and go through all the treatment and the near death experiences? would you go through all that again? No, I wouldn't go go through it again um
0: I wouldn't recommend the um what I went through on my or i wouldn't um wish it on my list yeah. Um yeah um it's something that um, in order to um to make this possible for a on a large scale uh has to be done in a different way um, what I was explaining about the thing, thing, um, which, um, is not really hard on people's bodies. Um, right. Uh, it's something that, um, I did it because I had to, had to do it in order to survive the, against leukemia. Um, and, uh, um, which brings up the question, um, there is a possibility they um cord, using cord blood um for doing transplants. Um
1: and, and tell those, us what cord blood is.
0: Um using um, um blood from um umbilical cords, like from the birth of babies. Um they just use the umbilical cord which would normally be thrown away. Um back in the old days they threw them all away um but um there are um companies which are not um not very profitable um that collect collect um the blood uh the umbilical cords of um infants and um people can um uh i think that they ask ask the parents of, that are giving birth to children whether they want to um donate the umbilical cord um, or not. Um and uh the the people that are against um stem cell treatments um using fetuses are actually for this. Um, uh but what's great about that is that um they um the um, the cord blood doesn't have to match the um, match the patient um, HLA type exactly, um, which in my case it had to, um, and it it opens up uh, um, a big possibility of them trying to find donors for people um, if they have. Um, like that uses like leukemia or lymphoma and have to get a stem cell um but the the banks are now the um the cord blood banks are actually testing um testing um people are testing cords to see if they can find um find um, examples of, um, courts, which, uh, are tcr side negative. And, uh, um, I was at a, um, symposium in San Francisco, um, about a month ago. And, uh, at that point, they had tried, they had done a transplant on a patient in, um, in the Netherlands. And, um, and um he was an h e v patient who um who needed it because he had leukemia and uh up till then it, was, it had been successful um but um it was too early to um know what the data was on the h e v so it it the patient had died because of the leukemia um and uh um the patient was actually doing okay.
1: That's great.
0: Huh. That's great. Um. Uh. So the big question is, um, uh, if somebody has leukemia or lymphoma, do they take a um take a cord, uh, or do they use um stem cells that match the patient exactly, or um, if there was chance of during the HEV um, do they use that? Um, so it's um, a question of what is practical um,
2: right well, I, I just real quick to make, I actually have a caller so I want to bring we actually have okay. uh, a little over three minutes left so area code okay. 563 you're on the air who's this
1: hello uh, this is Justin from Iowa hi, hi Justin. Justin hi um, I was looking to be interviewed eventually on your show for I went through criminal transmission of HIV. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a question
2: for Timothy? Uh, not at this time. I've I just been trying to contact. No, that's um, fine. I, um, you can do it, contact me through the website if you go to pauseim.com. Um, okay. Just, we have a couple minutes left, is... so I just wanted to say my name is Robert. Robert. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank just contact us through there. Um so Jeremy uh Jeremy, um Timothy, one of the questions that I have coming to us, yeah. one,
1: are you single?
2: Um yes and no. Oh, it's complicated.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, On his Facebook status it says it's complicated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is complicated.
1: Um uh, I'll we'll leave it
2: at
1: that,
2: Timothy. We don't have yeah, to go okay. into it. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right.
1: So, that was one of the, Timothy. Another? Go ahead. I think we have oh, another no. caller. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me um, uh, see here. Uh, a five you're on the air. Yeah, this is Butch again. I had a question for Tim. Uh, uh, recently, I read an article uh, about some research that you were involved with with a friend of mine, Matt Sharp. Yeah. Could you speak about that project and what that's about.
0: Yeah, um, Matt Sharp actually did the trials, um, the Sangamo trials, um, with the, um, with the zinc feeder nucleus thing, um, and, uh, he had had, um, had a CD4 count that, um, never went much above 200, 12, and, uh, after he got the treatment, um he said that his um T D four cell count went up a bit tur- basically tripled. And um wow. yeah. And uh he um I spoke at a conference with him um in Toronto and uh he said that um he was doing well and uh that he um uh he was glad that he did it. And um uh he said that his um he's had, had infections before, um, like colds all the time, and uh after getting the treatment, um he didn't have as as many colds. And so That's-
2: that's very interesting. I don't want to cut you off. We actually only have like 30 seconds left to the show. Okay. So okay. people, uh, people can contact you, Timothy, by going to your website, which is timothyrbrown.com. Yes. Right. For All anything right. like that, you'll be at the International Aid Conference. I would love to to meet up with you. Um, thank you again for coming on the show and hanging out with us and, and sharing, you know, giving us a glimpse of of your life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're,
1: Thanks You're so welcome. much, good and, and good luck in, uh, in in your entire future. This is going to be exciting. Thank you,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you. I really. Oh, Jim,
1: what another great show we had there, Jim. Oh gosh, uh, it was fantastic. You know, yeah, it, it just a, you know, it, he is the most famous man in the world at this point. It, it, and what I mean by that, it's in the medical world, and yeah, just. Amazing, just amazing, uh, and it was so nice to talk to him and to and to get his per, his perspective and his point of view because you, you miss a lot of that in, yeah, in a and lot of the media coverage. So
2: yeah, you know, at the end of the day, he's human, just like us, has feelings. Exactly. So for him to come on and share a story, it's commendable, and I think what he does is great. And again, it's sparking the conversation; people are talking about HIV a little bit more, and. I, I just think it's an amazing thing. So, uh, again, thank everybody, for joining us tonight. Um, you can find more information on um, Jeremy by going to PositivelySpeaking.com. More information on myself and the radio show. You can go to com. Remember, you can find us on iTunes and blog Talk Radio. And next week, um, Jack McEnroff will be joining me. We'll be speaking with uh, Dave Purdy from uh, Age 2012 Reunion. Uh, so have a great week. Talk to you later, Jeremy. Have
1: a great week. We'll f- talk soon.